Five, four, three, two, one. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more. See if they could work together when we needed them to. To fight the battles that we never could. Welcome to The Journey Through Infinity, episode number two. We are going to watch The Incredible Hulk, or we did watch Incredible Hulk, um, and we're going to talk about it, unfortunately. Um, when I say we, I mean Mr. Tim Capel. How are you doing, Tim? Jennifer Smith, I am quite well, and yeah, we're trucking along here through Infinity, and the film we're going to be talking about... Um, yeah, uh, I guess you've already given your thoughts on <laughs> Yep. and we'll see if uh, this generates some discussion. I'll leave it at that. All right. Um, next up, we got Mr. Scott Criscola. How you doing, Scott? Uh, good evening, Jennifer, and good evening, Tim. Uh, I will most definitely uh, tell you that I believe we will have some divisive discussion uh, mm. uh, in this episode. Um I felt it was very – we were all very agreeing and happy in episode one because Iron Man is a tremendous film. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I have been looking forward to this one because uh, the discussion will be uh, quite differing. Looking forward to it. All right. And finally, Justin Rosero, how are you doing? Kayfabe, Jennifer. But, yes, I'm good. Nope. Thank you. I'm looking forward to trashing, I mean, talking about this movie, Mm -hmm. Incredible Hulk. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I'm really immersed now in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm starting to understand. I bought a Captain America sweatshirt on my trip uh, to Disney. Oh, nice. But I scoured multiple stores, by the way, like on the Disney property. They don't have a lot of Marvel stuff. I was kind of frustrated. Like, Mm -hmm. they had like kind of gimmicks and toys and shit, but no, no like good looking shirts. They had a couple of ugly looking ones. And then. Mm -hmm. We're walking through the airport, and it was like a Chotsky store, like with just like all the dizzy shit that they probably were just trying to get out <laughs> as people were leaving. And uh, there it was, was this beautiful Captain America sweatshirt just sitting in the airport gift shop. So I purchased it. And it's hella comfy. Yeah, and it looked pretty good from the pic that you circulated during that trip. I was, I was pretty proud of you, and I thought you chose well. I think that superhero apparel is a little bit similar to like bands t-shirts and even wrestling t-shirts where you don't want a picture of the actual character or like some dude's face on the shirt you want like a symbol something a little bit more abstract and cool and uh yeah looked like you achieved that for sure my man captain america 
I did used to have a Captain America figure growing up. Uh, I used him as a referee for my wrestling matches. Because <laughs> he was like this tiny little figure. It was like a little movable one. And one yeah. of the legs fell off, and I could never get it back in. So he was like up to one legged ref. And then I, I, I think I had Flash, too. I think those are my two refs I used to use. All right, weird question, but did did he bend at the elbows? Do you remember? No, it was just his arms went up and down, and his legs moved at the hips. It yeah. was like a real small figure. Like, he wasn't that big. That's why I made him the okay. ref. I should have stand him in the corner. And, yes, I had refs in my wrestling figure matches because I'm definitely a giant. I'm trying player. to match the actual figure is what I'm doing in my head. I'll look. And, yeah. <laughs> anyway. I, have it. Actually, I have it in my bag of Hasbros. I'm not going to go looking for it in there right now, but I'll try and find it online. Ah, very good. So, uh, yeah, we are talking about Captain America, the first Avenger. Uh, let's get right into it. Jenny, take us away. Well, no, this... we're not. <laughs> Damn it. Almost, no, Tim. Almost had him. Damn it. Uh, no, so this was the second movie uh, in the MCU, and it came out like the month after uh, Iron Man. So um, I feel like everybody was pretty much blown away by Iron Man, and the hype was probably pretty big for Hulk. I don't know. What do you think, Tim? Yeah, I was just looking at that myself. So this was released on June 13th, 2008. I believe Iron Man, as you said, it was just a month prior to that. Let's see. Going back to Iron Man, May 2nd. So yeah, wow. They really did time these back to back. And Iron Man, I would agree, sort of took the fandom by storm, really the general public, where you weren't really sure what to expect from this movie based on a character that... A lot of people, I would venture to say, saw that movie, didn't know anything about, maybe didn't even know it was an established comic book superhero. And now you've got the Incredible Hulk on the heels of that. Of course, waiting in the wings, we have The Dark Knight later this same summer. That's going to be released in July. What an incredible three-month period for comic book films in this summer of 2008. I mean, mm. and that's really when this whole thing got started i feel like um where it was like we were never looking back after that um but that said so hulk comes out and this is a character that general audiences are going to be a lot more familiar with from the television show in the late 70s and 80s you know Mm -hmm. big big bill bigsby and lou ferrigno um i mean this as far as marvel properties are concerned behind spider-man and probably i don't know wolverine Wolverine, when you look at it Yeah, yeah, individual characters. But it, Most, know, like it, when did Wolverine pass Hulk, though? I mean, maybe he was bigger before. Mm-hmm. I, like, to me, I always knew Hulk probably above Oh yeah, some of the other ones. Like, uh, Spider-Man's always the number one. But, yeah, I, I thought, like, if you asked me in the 90s, Hulk would have been one of the few I probably knew. It was like a Marvel guy. Right, right. But even before you knew Wolverine, as you I think so. probably yeah. suggesting, yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. Uh Not a whole lot had been done with this character in other media. Uh, Really, prior to this film, we had the 2003 Ang Lee, just titled Hulk, Mm -hmm. um, which this movie has a strange relationship with. Uh, Justin, did you see that 2003 Ang Lee Hulk movie? Negative. Okay. Uh, Scott, are you familiar with this? Oh, yeah. I owned it. Uh, I, I, uh, I was a little disappointed in it. Uh, I thought the, the animation and the, the, 
the Hulk himself was pretty awesome, but um, uh, Eric Bana was kind of weak for mm-hmm. a banner because you really need a an engaging character for that role um because he's much more tortured and we'll get into that on this in, in this and in this version or this adaptation i guess you could say he is as well um and eric banna just didn't per, per, um uh, what's the word i'm thinking of uh he didn't ex- uh, let let it out like he should have but having mm-hmm. said that um uh, the hulk himself the that animation or whatever the cgi was was very good that i can't argue with but um i think the casting was weak and i think that's why the movie didn't really hit the way it should have or could have jenny is that a favorite of yours also uh no it is not um (laughs) i think eric banna looks more the part of hulk than someone say like edward norton who looks like a gigantic nerd um, and mm-hmm. you do not get Hulk vibes from him. I think Banna is just a little bit more cut. Like, but um, acting wise, uh, Edward Norton clearly <laughs> the winner in that category. But even even then, even in this movie, it's just it, it's not enough to make it better. Sorry, my issue with the Hulk too is like he's so I don't know, like I, I actually kind of and I've. Spoiler, I'm, I'm a, a bit ahead of where we are right now. No, it's, it's, it's like fine. the Avengers yep. stuff. And like him being so gigantic and weird, like t- almost like it takes it out of it for me because I'm so used to all these other superheroes. And again, I I keep leaning on this, but I think the fact that I watched some of that TV stuff that are more kind of gritty and real versus like this. And when I say real, obviously it's with a grain of salt, but you know, more realistic feeling and, and grounded versus here where we're getting a little bit more of the hammier uh, superhero style mm-hmm. but i have i have issue with hope is like i'm so used to all these other ones can communicate they're still th- themselves um they're not gigantic and f- kind of fake looking like you're still seeing the character just or the actor still just in a different outfit or whatever uh but for this like uh, so i struggle with the hulk in some of this just because of how different it all looked does that make sense it does and and i think it takes that... me out of it i guess what i'm gonna say like him just being like so fake looking and gigantic yeah, and that that kind of relates in a way back to the comics also, where the Hulk as a character is often not, maybe until recent years, I should say, portrayed as like a team player. Um, while he was a founding member of the Avengers, technically in the comics, like he doesn't stick around. He he's not a part of teams for the overwhelming majority of his existence. Like he lives a pretty insular life within just kind of his yeah, but even series. by himself it like even in the you know what i mean like i'm not yeah like well, i also have to take into account that you, yeah go ahead Jennifer. well in the no, show no, I, I can't say i watched the show much as a kid either but like when ferrigno was the hulk like he wasn't this monster like he was still like ferrigno's body right like right. just as the hulk just he was like a grown up yeah. <laughs> marshmallow man right and so like to me like if it was just a huge guy dressed up you know, maybe a little buffed up, a little CGI. He can still like, emote. He can still emote. Right. You can connect with him. He, and he it's doesn't not as absurd like looking. He's not done yeah. so big over everybody else. I think that's that's the problem I had. I've had with him in these so far is that he's he just looks goofy to me. That he's like so gigantic compared to everything else. Just visually, okay. Um, the problem is though, if you go back to the comics, um, 
that's how big he was. Sure. Um, and Care about the kids, remember? <laughs> like, I mean, and, I mean for well, me, that's why I'm saying it because no, that's how that's how it always was. Like I wish he wasn't that. Yeah, I wish they didn't but say I also true. right. But you also have to take into account too that that unlike the other Avengers, and, and Tim, you make a point about about Hulk being isolated, is because he's not con- in control of himself. If if that makes any sense, like he was mm-hmm. sent to the planet, you know, not to get too down too deep a rabbit hole, but the whole Planet Hulk thing was because he had to be banned from Earth because he was fucking nuts. Um, he's not kind of his own self like the other Avengers are too. So he's almost kind of got to be guided. It's almost like Zeus, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and that's you know, what that makes kind of a, a difficult character because the character is Bruce Banner. So that's where you're going to get, in terms of you can do things with the writing and the plots and have him be a very active sort of protagonist. That kind of flies out the window as soon as he transforms. Like it's a cool moment when that transformation happens, but you need to sort of be wrapping up your plot at that point. It's, it's hard to sort of go back and forth between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And I would agree that in film, there is that added challenge just visually within this mm-hmm. medium of, of how you convey that and, and make it. So it doesn't just totally break your sense of, of being able to suspend your disbelief to the extent right. that you can't with a movie like this, any of these mm-hmm. types of movies. Uh, there is something to that. And I think the CGI certainly has come farther than right. it was here yes. in 2008. I think when we get further uh, along and you yeah. see other iterations of the Hulk, it might be a little bit easier just from a CGI standpoint because it just looks Well, the first better. Avengers, I still think it's kind of goofy because it's the size. Does he get smaller or is he still gigantic? He does. Mm-hmm. Mm, well... My problem is just how big he is compared to everything else. I just, I don't know. It just takes out of the the slight hint of realism that still exists. Like, because you're watching something like, and again, I'm trying not to get too far ahead because I want to keep it chronological for us. But like Captain, America, like there, you know, we're in World War Two. We're in like wartime. Like everything else is so grounded in these stories, and then you get this big CGI cartoon giant running around. It's like it, it just feels a little. I don't know. I wonder what if they're it's trying a- to build. I wonder if it's also kind of a question of tone, because when you get to a movie like Avengers, it's, again, not to get too into that, but it's kind of a serious movie, right? It, it wants to be taken seriously, uh, versus something like I'm thinking Thor Ragnarok later on down the line. He is still very much yeah, the size he is in like the Avengers movies, but maybe that setting and that tone of the movie could offset it a little bit. I don't know. That's something to keep an eye on as we continue our journey through infinity. Well, I mean, I will say if you're going to like invest in the MCU, you're going to have to like expand your expectations of characters because there's going to be weird looking motherfuckers as we go along. Yeah. It's so like disbelief. You this have, is true. You have Look, to I, I've seen ugly book. fucking Loki and everyone else. Like I, I'm all right with it. I just don't like the giant Hulk. That's all. I cannot like this one guy. No, it's fine. I'm just saying. I'm like, don't expect well, no, like I'm the, just thinking used to it. Don't expect the like gritty realism of Netflix shows on the MCU. Cause it's just different. It's just, it's more. Well, no, I know, but I've, but I've accepted a lot of the other things. Like I get it, you know what I mean. But this one particular one, for whatever reason, bothers me. 
You've got me wondering about Thanos now, actually. That's what I was thinking uh, going through. No, I've seen pictures of him, and I think he looks stupid, too, from what I've seen. So. <laughs> See, that's <laughs> what I was saying. Like, you have to, like, kind of let that go. It's not like giant thing. I just think it, like, don't I don't know. Maybe it's a fairness right? thing. <laughs> yeah, this is where You're I hung up like... on size, is what I'm hearing. So. I am. I am. It's a Peter Winston deal, but it's the opposite. <laughs> and this is where and I like... his pipe cleaner pipe biceps. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I prefer the vanilla midgets. Vanilla midgets and pipe cleaner biceps. Invalidate my entire argument because I'm kind of with you on the Thanos one. But anyway, we're not talking about uh, Thanos or the Infinity films on our journey through Infinity. And then we're just hung up on size. What what can we say? Uh, We're all obsessed. So, uh, as we said, this has a strange relationship to its uh, 2003 predecessor in film. It is functionally a sequel, but this, unlike Ang Lee's 2003 Hulk, is set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. So, does that mean, like, all of a sudden, by extension, we're supposed to include this Ang Lee film? Probably not, but doesn't really well it kind of does contradict a few things but it's supposed to be a functional sequel according to the producers so that's something that's very strange and that's something that it's a distinction that this movie has that the others do not like although there have been other spider-man and captain america movies um the mcu versions are going to be totally separate and distinct uh from prior films so that's a little bit Weird to wrap your head around, uh, Justin. I yeah, take- I was definitely lost, like, watching yeah. the beginning part of it. I was, I was like, what, what's going on? I was expecting the origin like we get for most of these things. So I was definitely a little confused, and I think I asked you guys, and you clarified that it was, you know, w- that recap in the beginning, I, I ended up, I think I rewound it and actually checked it back out just to make sure I was following what was going on. But I was able to piece it together. That was one of the few things I thought they actually did okay in the movie was getting across what happened in that first one into this one and, like, setting the stage for what was to come. Right. They, they had that little, it's just kind of a montage at the beginning showing you, <laughs> Hey, all this happened, but, if but even during the movie, it, I thought they, they, I thought <clears> they, <throat> they explained it well as the movie went on too. like, mm. they kind of called back to stuff to let you know. Okay. Excellent. So we're going to open with Bruce Banner working in a bottling factory in Rio. He's in Brazil. So this is sort of where we left him off at the end of that, Again, 2003 movie, he was on the run, fleeing the military, and this is where, apparently, he winds up. Uh, And he's corresponding with this dude who is identified as Mr. Blue. He is known only as Mr. Green. They're kind of having these terse conversations back and forth over AOL Instant Messenger. And uh, apparently, he's just looking for a cure for his uh, condition, whereby he turns into an enormous green rage monster. <laughs> and uh, so we're getting a little bit of this. There's setting up this mystery of who, who is Mr. Blue. This, by the way, goes back to a comics run of the early 2000s by Bruce Jones that apparently Edward Norton was kind of a fan of. Um, I don't think anyone else shares that opinion these days because it really crashed and burned. But uh, Edward Norton had extensive influence on this movie. He was responsible for a lot of the the rewrites to the script. Um, Although this screenplay is credited to Zach Penn, 
Um, most people seem to be of the mind that Ed Norton really like wrote this movie, essentially. So, um, I would say there's probably that may be a, a reason why we don't see a lot more or any more of Edward Norton in this series. Um, I think he wanted a lot more control and a lot more autonomy that's Marvel than Marvel Studios really willing to um, concede. That's disappointing because I really like Edward Norton, but the fact that mm-hmm. he did um, have so much involvement in the script is kind of disappointing to me because I know that, that's I don't like well. the story <laughs> at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, mm, I don't know. I, I didn't know that. So it's kind of surprising and, I mean, maybe it was really bad before. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe he, he did improve it a lot, but... Eesh. Yeah. Well, what did you think about Edward Norton as Bruce Banner? Myself, um, I was pretty into the casting, I would say, certainly over someone like Eric Banner. I thought that he definitely is someone who has a lot more screen presence and just brings a lot of credibility to the role. You know, it's, uh, I wouldn't say I'm a huge Edward Norton fan, but he's known as having kind of a, a standard of quality when it comes to his films. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of hoping that that this would be the beginning of a long relationship. Now, looking back, knowing that just in terms of his, I don't know, personality and desire for more creative control, I'm kind of glad that, Marvel Studios didn't just sort of roll over because I have a feeling had he stuck around uh, that like the Avengers would have just turned into the the Iron Man Hulk show, really, mm. um, which I don't think would have been the worst thing in the world. Just having these two like cinematic powerhouses and Edward Norton and Robert Downey Jr. on screen mm-hmm. just whipping back and forth. There's definitely an appeal to that. But I do feel like other characters, other cast members could have suffered, you know, by association there. I thought he was too big know. of a name for Hulk. For me, anyway. Too I like watching this. Um, I know Robert Downey Jr. is a big name, but heading, it was like a reclamation, like we talked about last episode. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, like Edward Norton was a pretty decent size movie star at this point, um, or at least reputation-wise, Tim, like you're saying. So... I don't know. To me, seeing him in this role, I, I, I didn't. It didn't feel like a fit to me. Like, it, any, I don't know. Just didn't feel like his style of movie. And uh, I prefer the second one, Hulk, that's to come later. Better. Right. Um, what's funny is, is that actor, who we'll talk about when we get to his next appearance, uh, was actually the director Louis Leterrier's first choice. Yes. But uh, listen to this, and I actually want Jenny's opinion on this because she loves the show that this guy starred on. Do you know who the film, who um, uh, Marvel's first choice was for Banner? Ready for this? Hmm. David Duchovny. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's it. Mm. Hmm. That's I feel like that bad, even, actually. Yeah, it, it even goes back to like some of those, remember Wizard Magazine with its like, casting call features that they would do and and every now and then they would do like a hypothetical we're going to cast this comic book property in a Mm. film this is who we'd like to see and i want to say they even put like david duchovny this is in the 90s put david duchovny in a hypothetical hulk movie back then so see it works for me for humor and 
brains. And then if they're going with this Edward Norton body type, then, I mean, he's got that too. He's actually a little bit bigger. So it's maybe a little bit believable, uh, more believable. But now I'm intrigued. Now I kind of want to see that. Well, what if you do this? You're hot off, you know, 15 years ago, Jurassic Park was big. What if you do Jeff mm, Goldblum? And I then, was just thinking that. And I'm not done. As Banner, and then when he turns into the Hulk, it's Wayne Knight. You play off the chemistry from <laughs> Jurassic Park. <laughs> and it's just him as the Hulk. So you're okay with a Wayne Knight-sized Hulk? Um, yeah, well, he's a himself. Yeah, because he looks like a guy who took gamma radiation. Yeah, yeah. that's fitting. And then, um, and then you set up the like the layup line of Iron Man doing his funny bit when he says hello, you know, hello Hulk. You know, when he comes in the room to play off the Newman line. Right, right. It writes itself. It sure does. Yeah. Yep. Well, Kevin, uh, maybe that's the script they started with. So. <laughs> oh, sure. Edward Horton's <laughs> villainy continues. Here. But I do think Goldblum would have been pretty good too. Yeah. I could have seen that, that honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Humor, smarts, body type. I mean, yeah. Yeah. He was the fly. Come on. Yeah. But but Goldblum doesn't do vulnerable well. Goldblum does intelligent, smart either, as though. well. I don't know. Norton's no, like, he didn't. No, I don't. I don't agree. I don't disagree got with this, you. Like snarky little smirk. No, you're right. Yeah. No, I'm not disagreeing with you. So I think they both would have sucked. I think that's my problem actually with him is that he seems like it's not serious with him. Like he's not. Like I, I, you know, reading and what you guys are saying, like he, he was a Hulk fan and he took it seriously, but like, and he wrote the thing. But watching it, it almost feels like it, it feels like a paycheck kind of movie for him. Like, like that, it's not like he's not really into the character like some of these other guys have been. You know, like Robert Downey Jr. became Iron Man, and like these other ones have become those. Like he just always felt like Ed Norton to me in the movie, and maybe right. that's because when he's his superhero, it's not him. You know what I mean? So maybe it's such a differentiation that of course it's always Ed Norton because it's just him. But it is it always. I never lost the fact that it was Ed Norton when I was watching the movie. Yeah, me too. I wonder mm. if he just expected uh, to get his own way, pretty much. Just walk in and be like, I'm Ed Norton, I'm going to throw my weight around. And the stupid-ass you know, comic book movie, they're going to just cater to my every whim. I'm going to rewrite the script, I'm going to be a huge star, and this is going to go on to make millions. And they were like, yeah, we don't know if you're really right for this. And mm-hmm. that's going to be a blow to the ego. To a certain, I mean, this is an upstart studio, and, and you know, Marvel Studios. They've they've made one film <laughs> up to this point, and they're kind of telling right. Edward Norton to go shit in the hat, yeah. basically. Hmm. Yeah, he might have been a little too much for, and that that's not based on anything role. other than me wanting to yeah. sexy this up a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah. speak, speaking well, have, of sexy it that, up, you know, let's talk about yeah. Liv Tyler as Betty Ross, mm-hmm. his okay. uh, love interest and the daughter of um, General Ross. Um, a weird the General's t- a weirdo, by the way. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, it's a weird choice to me for Liv Tyler. Um, also not a superhero movie type of actress. Um, right. So, mm-hmm. I just, I didn't get her, like, I like her, and just like I like Edward Norton, but it just doesn't fit, just, she's whiny, and I don't know, it's, it it just does not look good, and she does great work, like, later in her career, it's just, something about this movie does not work for me. This is kind of before people knew that she could act, I think. <laughs> Um, uh, she was great in Jersey Girl. Yes, I okay. love that, was that movie. That was before this. That that's a fair point. I was trying she to did think the whole of Lord of the Rings trilogy too. 
So she knows what it's like to do a long form. Well, all she has to do is stand around and look gorgeous in that movie. So, you know, not a whole lot to do. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. See, I didn't see the bottom as much as Norton in this one. Like, I thought she was okay. Um, I mean, they supported with Jennifer Connelly, so that's maybe an issue, too. They didn't retain any of the cast from that, that earlier film, and you go from Jennifer Connelly to Liv Tyler, it's sort of a down in the acting department let's say that's feels like a downgrade um hey, went from in the uh what's the movie with bradley cooper the uh he's just not that into you she's annoying as yes. shit in that movie so yeah. stand on that <laughs> also a fan of the mustard milk scott the mustard milk. that's right tomato garnish I, and I, I would say that, that Betty's character in this movie kind of suffers from that. This was something I was thinking about, kind of rewatching the Star Wars films in chronological order, as mm. I'm trying to do, because mm. I'm that much of a loser. I, yeah, the problem is it starts with The Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace, so yeah. I had to turn it off, like, 20 minutes. I, think, okay, so I could we, not do it. We did that we the, we two years ago, when uh, before the... Well, actually, it was after the... Eighth one came out there. We did it that way, but we actually we only watched the first three, and then we got sidetracked and never got to the good ones. So oh, we suffered through those. And I actually paid for I, the only one I didn't have was Phantom Menace, and like that shit was not cheap anywhere, and it wasn't streaming anywhere. Obviously, would have been nice to have Disney Plus, um, but we ended up I ended up paying I think like twenty something dollars on DVD like, just to watch. Well, I wanted to have them all, and at that point, I know they did. I was like, well, if I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna get it. So yeah. Well, um, an issue that has been cited with that and lots of the Star Wars prequels is that how do you describe a given character? And it's like, what is Betty Brant's personality? Betty Brant, Betty Ross's personality. <laughs> See, this is mm-hmm. this is what Marvel does to me. Mm-hmm. What is Betty Ross's personality like? She's. Um, a general's daughter she's got that's not a personality she's she's got daddy issues it seems like that's a personality that well, is what, a personality 100 that is a personality <laughs> well why we does have she, our own podcast network soon exactly the, <laughs> gonna be interviewing the betty her. position <laughs> <laughs> sorry um she loves Bruce. Well, why does she love Bruce? I don't know. Maybe go back to that first film. Is there something there? I don't know. It's not really played up here. We don't get a sense of... We don't really get a sense of their relationship. What makes them so tight? And why is she so just, like, willing to throw everything away? She's in this relationship with this guy uh, from Modern Family. Um, <laughs> it, the actor's name escapes me. Uh, and... See that was a little goofy too because I can't not see what? him as as Phil Phil Dunphy. It's yeah. like that's all I see him as. So, like that this whole thing just seems so oddly casted, and a lot of it may be retrospect because when did Modern Family start? Was that already on, or was it, it, it was, was like a year starting, after? Right? This. Yeah, it was like a year after this, I think. Right. Yeah, it started in uh, uh, two thousand nine. September twenty third, oh nine. So he was after this. So he, I mean, it's not his fault. Like he wasn't typecast him. But looking back at it now, I'm like, all I can see is him. I was waiting for him to yeah. do like the um, confessional, you know, <laughs> talking. <laughs> you know, Hulk came back and ruined my whole uh, relationship. <laughs> like I was waiting for that. I just was waiting for. They should really do that. In, you know, Ed O'Neill. But it was yeah. So that didn't help either for me. Like him, I like him, but he just it just 
it was a weird role. I don't know. It was just weird seeing him there, I guess. That's all. And so we get the scene with the bottling factory. Uh, Bruce gets the cut. The blood goes into one of the bottles. He freaks out. And we get a very early Stan Lee cameo. We didn't talk about the Stan Lee cameo in, in Iron Man. So why don't we take those kind of back-to-back here. Uh, he was, correct me if I'm wrong, Hugh Hefner. <laughs> I believe. Yes, yes. So yes. yes, he was. Literally playing Hugh Hefner is... is you know, that's the extent of, of his scene there in Iron Man. So that's pretty fun. Um, did you get that, Justin JT, KFAB pal? Um, did that you know this is, he's, this is going to be a thing that he pops up? Oh, in? yeah, yeah. I, I knew that. I knew that. Okay. I, I had heard of it, that he's in every movie. So you're ready for that. And here, he drinks the contaminated soda bottle and, I guess, dies. <laughs> <laughs> what happens after that? <laughs> Um, so I guess it's, I don't know. It's not that memorable, but it is pretty funny in just kind of a morbid way. Mm-hmm. I thought, um, uh, just that they would do this, but anyway, the bottling plant, uh, eventually this, this all works its way back to, uh, general Ross, who is a weirdo. Uh, he is going to send a, a not so covert team in there to find banner uh, I guess this would be a good place to talk about the General Ross character. I prefer uh, the General from the insurance commercials to this fucking General. That's <laughs> annoying. <laughs> so Shaq should actually play the. Go with the General and save some time. It was, I'd rather hear that than this. Wow, what makes you say that? No, I don't know. I, just, I don't know. He's just kind of weird. Like I don't know. He's just kind of goofy. I wasn't into him. Is that a William Hurt thing? Like, are you weirded out by that actor? Because he's been in some weird stuff. I don't know. I don't know if I've seen anything he's been in. (laughs) I would have realized it. (laughs) Fair enough. Again, I was thinking the guy who did the dragon in Merlin, but was that a different Hurt? I think it might have been. Another potential downgrade from Sam Neill. Correct. Again. Yes. 2003. Uh, So. Scott, what do, you think, what do you think about yeah. Ross? Sam Elliott. Oh, that was John Hurt. Sam John Hurt was the voice of the dragon. And John Hurt was the voice, yes. We're killing it. Um, yeah, we are. <laughs> Ooh, bat and zero. Uh, I, I mean, I had no problem with William Hurt. I liked Sam Elliott in um, in the first one. Uh, he actually pined to be in it, but they didn't want they didn't want to have any actors from the other movie. Um, Betty Ross is a tough getting back to Betty Ross for a minute. That that's a tough role because she whines in practically every alliteration of the, the Hulk, whether it's the comic or uh, there really wasn't a Betty Ross on the TV show because um, they didn't go down that path. But um, so in lived and Jennifer Connelly didn't really come off as that in the in the Ang Lee one. Um, Liv just has that voice that just always sounds that way. <laughs> so I don't think I think yeah. kind of yeah, that's true. I think, it, it kind of fits. It kind of fits that she can't talk without sounding like she's whining. Um, I liked. Uh, I liked William Hurt. Um, I mean, yes. If you look back at the movies he's been in, he was in Altered States, which was very strange. Uh, pretty good horror movie, but yeah, a little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been in a bunch of other stuff. Of- yeah, it turns into a pile of goo at the end of that. Yeah, um, well, it almost turns into a pile of goo in this one too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I. Uh, but I didn't have a problem with him. I thought he was fine. I thought Sam Elliott would have been better. I think that's because it's the mustache. But I just picture um, war generals being like kind of a 
badass guy. I don't know. This, he was just kind of a weirdo. Like, I, I, just, I don't know. I don't, he was obsessed. He was obsessed. The, the Hulk was a weapon. Creepy. Yeah. Um, he was. He wanted the Hulk as a weapon, and they tried to weaponize the gamma radiation. It was kind of a, it was the whole. It all connects to the whole super soldier thing, which we delve into in the next movie. Mm. But um, yeah, it, 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 what I liked best before we go on is that that they took the TV uh, story, the Bill Bixby, the the Lou Ferrigno show story, which is that. Bruce Banner knew going in that he was going to be doing this testing and something bad could happen. Whereas in the comic, um, something blew up and he accidentally just got showered with it. Mm-hmm. So I, right. I, I think I, I am glad that they did the TV adaptation and not the the comic one because I think that, that that was, to use a word we've heard a lot of tonight, goofy. I think that would have been a goofier way to try to explain that than here. Because like the Ed Norton look while he's got the – you know, and the, the whole bullseye and the whole, you know the the aiming thing and all that stuff, and when he's sitting in the chair, I and mean, it's almost the exact same chair as is in the TV show. Um, that I think helps. I will say that. But I like. Uh, I thought the casting. If we're t- if we're continuing to discuss the casting, uh, I think the highlight guy for me in this movie was Tim Roth. I thought he was yeah. tremendous as Blonsky slash uh, Abomination, who was one of my favorite villains as a kid in, in the comics. Um, that was a that was a perfect casting decision, um, because Tim Roth's kind of cold anyway. Most movies he's in, like Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. and others, he's kind of cold to begin with, so he fits. That might be the one, uh, that one casting choice where the, the 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 tone or the the feel of the character fit the actor, whereas maybe we're still kind of questioning the others. What did you think of that of that slot, Jr. of Tim Roth as the yeah, no, I thought he was. I thought he was good. I thought he was fine okay. in that role. I'm okay. still getting used to it too, like because I don't know all the villains from the comics, and like they don't. A lot of these they don't give like names. You know, they're just kind of the guy that's there and and he's fighting. So like I would have known. You know, this happens to me in, in Iron Man as well. Like I didn't know these are actual characters that exist in the comics and not just for this movie, or maybe they existed but not like they're actual villains with names. Because they don't name them in in these yet. You know, like he doesn't have this name, Abomination or whatever, ever throughout the movie. At least that I noticed, I mainly did. But uh, there is a a really I don't know why it, it maybe it just sticks in my mind. But I thought there was a particularly dreadful line before he has his transformation. We don't know what it, what could happen to him. He could become an abomination. Oh, you know, like, uh, oh. <laughs> it's just oh, so. Yeah. Oh, did he say that? Like, That's yeah. Rough. He yeah. did say. I probably thought it was a dumb line and not realize that it was like a <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's bad. It's I think kind of like Bobby Eden saying that Brutus Beefcake butchered a friendship at the end yes. of the Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. That man butchered a friendship. He butchered it. Did you get it? He butchered it. <laughs> so you could kind of get away with that back then, but if they tried to do one of those lines today, like, I mean, people would revolt. <laughs> You know, it's just so bad. Oh, um, well, Stark, um, Batman vs. Superman, he's like, this is your doomsday, you know, or some bullshit. <laughs> well, yep. we yeah. See the, yeah, we see how that film yeah. uh, went down. Yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> bottling plant gets wrecked and uh, the military uh, fails in their mission to recapture the Hulk and... Tim Roth is is Emil Blonsky character is lamenting that if he was still you know in his prime in his twenties he could 
take this dude no problem. So I kind of agree with Scott that he's, I think, the best cast and maybe the best (laughs) character in this movie just because you do get a sense that this is someone with an interior life. Even though they don't tell us a lot, I think through his performance, it does come across a lot more effectively. You can sort of connect the dots with him in a way you can, mm-hmm. in, a, in a way that you cannot with other characters. So right. I, I think that's what makes him stand out. Plus, Tim Roth is just tremendous. Yes, absolutely. So anyway, what you know, his cover is now blown. Bruce Banner has to, you know, now he go back on the run. He's corresponding here again with this Mr. Blue. Mr. Blue is telling him, "Hey, I need a blood sample. I can't really give you any answers without it." The only place he can really go to find a blood sample, I guess, um, from prior to the time that he was contaminated with all of this gamma radiation is back in Color University, I guess. And this seems like a retcon, Scott. I think you might remember better than I do. Wasn't wasn't that 2003 movie, like, set in the American Southwest, not in Virginia? <laughs> like, wasn't that in the desert? Yes. Um, Their whole laboratory set up, and they weren't really part of a, a university. It was a, it was a military project. Yeah, I mean, that was also in the 60s. They were in, they were definitely in the desert. Yeah. They were definitely like almost like an area 51 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I feel like this one, where were they like in DC or, or Virginia, Virginia, I, I, Virginia? it had that feel. Yeah. Partially on university of Virginia. Am I making that up? I might be anyway, that's where we've got to go. And of course he's going to have, uh, this, meeting with Betty of of all people you could run into on a university campus of thousands of people. She, she catches him essentially. Uh, and we get also, this is kind of where the movie falls apart for me. I'm not going to lie. Like the secret shop rendezvous. Um, what are we doing? (laughs) Yeah, it's bad. What, what is this? No. Uh, is, is this what Edward Norton wrote? What, uh, somebody else talk. Help me out here with it, this secret. There's nothing pizza. to say. It's just fucking sucks, man. Like it sucks. <laughs> I mean, who is this? Why we're, are they- we're trying to just like put some stank on this stuff or whatever? But it's just not like we're trying to talk intelligently about it, but we have nothing because there's nothing. I mean, it sucks. It's not good. Uh, it's horrible. I mean. I don't know why a movie with a guy turning into an enormous green CGI rage monster, I can buy that part of it, but yes. you give me secret pizza parlor rendezvous, and I'm just sort of, you're losing me now. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Scott, you had said we would have differing opinions. Is this where we differ? Do, do you like this? Yeah. I, yeah, well, I think that the whole point of it is is, he needs to kind of be covert because he's on the lamb. So I can understand him trying to somehow have to be under the radar to figure this out. Um, you know, that's always been the story for the most part of uh, the TV show was the same way, except that was different. He was just trying to avoid killing anybody. There was no military really there, but I mean, I didn't have a problem with it. I thought that's kind of what needed to happen. He needed to be under the radar. He couldn't be, 
he couldn't go back to the to to the university or whatever. So he had to kind of do this cloak and dagger kind of thing to to figure out how to be cured. So it didn't bother me that much. I think it was part of the story. I, I mean, maybe it's because maybe it's because it was Ed Norton, and by then we were kind of. We, 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 I think by that point in the film, you're like, I really don't like him in this role, so you kind of get you kind of sour on it. On top of that, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I think the story makes sense. It's got to uh, because he's you know he's got to avoid getting killed by the military, so he's got to kind of go between the lines or outside the lines, I guess. So I didn't have a problem with it. I thought it was fine. What do you think, Jeff? I, I mean, it's I guess it's no dumber than most of the other stuff in this movie, but <laughs> <laughs> letting letting the people do where he's. <laughs> <laughs> who is the uh, who in the piece of place again? I forget. I didn't write it down. I, don't, that's, I have no fucking clue. Like, no, I thought it was some, it some guy. Like freaking Pinocchio's dad or some shit. Welcome up to my pizzeria. I'm Geppetto. a real boy. <laughs> I get the Hulk I, hiding in the I mean. back. <laughs> I don't mind the cloak and dagger so much, but you know now we're in Geppetto's pizza. This is. <laughs> Is this even a character? It's a pizza the minute you put your fist in the dough. <laughs> Who is this? Uh, okay. Any poor we get the... like all he wants to do is go have a piece of pie. Oh uh, no, he just he just wants a piece of pie, and but this is what happens. You know what I think? That later uh, versions of the Hulk does a lot better than Edward Norton is. That struggle between like not getting emotional enough to turn into Hulk, not getting angry, not getting whatever horny, whatever it is, um, and turn into the Hulk. Like you don't see like to me, I didn't see that much of a struggle with that. It was more like Scott said, like the hiding and the ducking and the finding the cure and all that jazz. And there wasn't much about the inner struggle between him and Hulk like it becomes later, which I think is a very much more interesting story. Mm-hmm. We we do see him doing some yoga at the beginning of the yeah, film. I mean that's keep his it, though. I mean anger in check, I guess. And I kind of like the uh, the, the aborted sex scene that they mm-hmm. have at the yeah. That's the, the other one. Yeah, it's because it is one hot. that kind of yeah. it sells you on God. This would really suck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you yeah. can't even do this. Um. Of course, at the same time, you're kind of like, well, in this situation, is that really going to be your top priority? I don't know. I guess these things happen. But, yeah, that was one that, and honestly, that scene between the two of them and the hotel, I think, is where we get Edward Norton trying to do something with with this role. Like, you see a little bit more personality from him there. Do they really ever explain, like, the heart? heart monitor thing i mean is it just because if it gets too high he becomes the whole like i feel like they don't really explain 200 that. beats just, okay 200 i mean they don't say that so i had no idea like i figured that's what it was but then i didn't uh, know if it was a I thing like you die if it got too high <laughs> no they don't really say it unless it was lost out there i, don't I think it's more like a warning might... a warning system like you're getting too worked up right. like you might you know yeah. mm-hmm. i thought i thought it said it in the uh in the montage in the beginning that it's 200 yeah, i mean it may have but that thing was moving right across my head when i was trying to figure out what was going on but that's beginning. what that's for that's the mark that's it's, the heart it's definitely not emphasized or, or not really elaborated on right because they're gonna bang and then the thing gets high and he's gonna stop and so i'm like oh i didn't know if he had like <laughs> heart murmur or something he's gonna die <laughs> i like your thing. yes what he's if, a superhero uh, with a hug <laughs> 
What is, well, Iron Man has one, right? He's got the ship flying yeah. around well, his he, body. I didn't know. Like, he, can still, chest. he can still get boners, though. I mean, you know. <laughs> be all right. Yeah, well, I like I like the idea Love that uh, rather than hulking out, he's going to die in the yeah. course of banging his girlfriend. This <laughs> yeah. no one wants that. Anyway, uh, okay, so we get the big Hulk out scene on the university campus. Um, I guess I, I you needed to have this sort of action set piece placed right. at this point. Um, I, I didn't know that. I don't know that it was well done particularly well with Mm-mm. the all the stuff with the helicopter and the. Mm. I don't know. It's a lot. It, it's a lot for a Hulk action scene <laughs> it's kind of busy and then uh, you said with the uh, helicopter where they're all in there with the general like ed norton's with uh live no not not yet this okay. is where we're still like, comments this... on that one when we get there okay we'll we'll mark that down <laughs> uh this is where tim roth uh emil blonsky gets injured he kicks him yeah. in the tree and cripples him that's uh so that scene and uh, Betty, like the reckless general, almost blows her up, and Hulk saves her, and all this hoo-ha, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, sounds like we've got strong thoughts on that scene. Uh, <laughs> moving right along, uh, this, of course, leads to Blonsky getting the experimental injection. He's going to become uh, what could be an abomination. Spoiler, it is. Uh <laughs> And we also meet Mr. Blue, who is played by Tim Blake Nelson, right? And uh, he seems helpful enough. He comes up with this synthetic whatever to kind of quell the transformation. He's not sure if it's a real cure or if it's something just to sort of control it in the moment. Did they say how they found each other online? Were they just like at a group chat and the ASL? Pizza well, like I said, they, were, the, fuck kind they of were on the dark web, on dark Twitter. Yeah, that's right. So they got info from Dylan Hales about the SCI and stuff uh-huh. like that. And the dark, <laughs> they were in the dark order. That's how they found each other. I think they were doing some wrestling tape trading, actually. <laughs> how it came about. They were in a, a web ring together. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, (laughs) that's exactly what they did Uh, mr blue has uh, synthesized like all these um serums basically and this makes bruce paranoid because the military could get a hold of that and weaponize it and this that and the other would know we have to destroy it because i'm so virtuous and good uh and and boring uh, this is all (laughs) This is all kind of culminating in, in our big climax, which is the abomination uh, going out of control because the military just cannot contain this menace. And he pretty much goes into business for himself <laughs> and uh, begins wrecking Harlem, which is an interesting setting for the conclusion of this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have no choice and a twist of irony, but to turn to the Incredible Hulk for help, <gasps> stopping blood. Yeah. He's twist to fade here. And we get a pretty extended, like, for one of these movies, long CGI, like, slugfest. Yeah. yeah, that was a long time. It just sort of, it's one of those, like, I, I remember it being long, but when I watched this movie back, I'm like, God, this really is long. Yeah. Uh, so that, that happens. And it sort of feels like a 
I don't know, it, like a make good from that 2003 film where we didn't see a lot of Hulk punching things other than tanks and metaphors, basically. <laughs> so he tanks at least has metaphors. tanks and daddy issues. <laughs> uh, that really is a daddy issue. Mm-hmm. Big time. Yep. And not in anyway. a good way. Not no, the no, kind no. I usually watch. This all winds down. <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, making up shit. Yeah, make it up. Yeah. Speaking of going into business for the movie. This is what happens when you give us the incredible Hulk to watch. Just keep talking, Tim. Yep. And that's the film. That's it. Um, uh, yep. He, be- uh, he beats the bad guy. Is that what happens? He beats the bad yeah. guy, and mm-hmm. pretty much they kind of like. Wait, hang on, the helicopter ride. So they're in the okay, helicopter. Please. Like I think they're yeah. on the way to fight abomination. Right? Is yeah. that where they're headed? Yeah. Okay. Why? It, it's like it's supposed to be this tense moment. <laughs> like they're going to fight. He's going to be the Hulk. It's like they're in the fucking limo going to prom in the back. They're like fucking canoodling in the back. <laughs> laughing it up, I'm like like the whole tent city is being like fucking destroyed. They get well, they're in love, back. and he could die. Yeah, yeah, but they're, they're like giddy about it. They're not like they're uh, in love, and he could die. Uh-huh. All right, well that happened. What do I want to do? Stare out the fucking window? No, but they could be. I don't get it. Have what are you looking for? I think it's. Have you seen Independence Day? Like, like he's leaving to go save the world and die, and like they're being ser- Armageddon. Like they're being serious about it. You would think like they, they were going to with Donna Martin in the fucking limo in the back, of the <laughs> like yucking it up, like they're on fucking drinking champagne. The whole thing was weird. They get the creepy dad, like it's like fucking Hunter and Stephanie with Vince sitting there. <laughs> oh lord! The whole thing was fucking weird. It's just like they go into like this, this biggest fight of their lives to save the world from this monster, and they're like giggling in the back. It, I don't know. I don't get it. Maybe. I'm not sure I ever noticed that, but uh, I'm go gonna back and watch call. It. I, I don't know if I'm going to do that. Goofing around. Let's go. Maybe she was through. giving him a handy and... Appropriate. You know? I don't know. That that heart monitor would be chirping. Yeah, you got to turn them off. That's it. Flip out and destroy the helicopter. I'm so sure about that. Um, okay. Uh, I should point out also that Mr. Blue is, is a character called Samuel Stearns. They hint that something happens to him um, after the lab is trashed. Like, there's that last, there's that sort of parting shot of him, like, what are we setting up for? Where his head kind of does something funny. Um, And it's a hint that he's going to become the leader, another character from the comics, who his gimmick is he's like, as smart and as weak as the Hulk is dumb and strong. So he's like a super brain. He's got this oversized head. Kind of goofy looking character, but long time Hulk villain. Of course, nothing's going to come of that, at least to date here mm. in 2019. I didn't know that. Yeah. I figured it was some kind of heel turn coming with him. He felt like a heelish character. Yeah. But I thought kinda... I read his guy is, or am I reading about someone else? That was uh, shows up later. Mm. Uh, nope, never mind. That was someone else I was reading. Go Fair. on. Uh, okay, so, gosh, this movie. Um, 
it's tough because it's it's a movie that it has a circular logic to it where it's it's sort of what's it about it's a guy who turns into a monster who's looking for a cure to his condition that's what's driving our plot and in the course of looking for this cure um he's turning into a monster um, which he needs to cure, except that causes him to turn into a monster, and then another monster gets created, so we have to cure two monsters, but we're going to keep turning into monsters. It just sort of, like, there's no real, I don't know, there's not a lot of character to it, there's not a lot of just story to it in terms of what's the end point we're advancing to, it's just sort of a... It has a fugitive vibe to it, and I know that's what they were going for. It's this guy on the run, but mm-hmm. they don't do a whole lot with that. And it it just uh, it feels like it's not as tense as a movie like this wants to be. Where it kind of is seems like it wants to be a thriller, but it just isn't really. <laughs> um, yeah, this one. I would say that I thought it was okay enough at the time, and it's just not aged all that well um looking back just in light of subsequent marvel cinematic well and it has like um you know i mentioned this issue and it's, it's not just for hope so i'm not picking on it but the uh the heel just trying to mimic the power of the face you know like it, it again it's coming in iron man it's like it's good and maybe it's just a comic thing i'm guessing it is because it's everywhere but it just seems to be okay. Here we go again. Like now, the bad guys are just going to become the Hulk, and the bad guys are just going to become another Iron Man. And the bad guys are just another Captain America. You know, like so. It, it seems like it's a running theme. Um, another Daredevil, right, in the show. So it, it seems like it's it's a consistent thing, I guess, in comics. I've got to get used to. But it felt like, oh, here we go again. It's just the same thing. It is something they lean on heavily in yeah. these sorts of adaptations that you you don't see as much of as you would think in the comics themselves. Um, to your point. Uh, so that, that I think that's pretty legitimate criticism. And you will see the villains get more um, complex and um, better, honestly, overall, as you go along in the MCU. Unless you agree with Tim and have Thanos issues. But <laughs> <laughs> Yes, um, the giant purple man I do have an issue with. So at the end of this, is are you meant to think that... Bruce has found a way to control the Hulk because it looks like he was like kind of like doing yoga and then like summoning like mm. hulking out like doing it on purpose is that what we're meant to believe that he can control well him? even jumping out of the helicopter it's like he knew yeah. he could do it coming out of the helicopter mm-hmm. seemed to happen a little late for his preference yeah. as he fell yes. out of the helicopter yeah <laughs> Um, and then you get the end of this of the movie where Tony shows up to mm-hmm. sort of link our universes together. Which I laughed because so in the first one it was like at the end of the credits and that's where I thought most were. Was this one at the end of the movie because they knew everyone, everyone thought it sucked so they were going to leave? <laughs> that's what, that's I, was what I was thinking too. Was like, like you had to bring them all back somehow by putting Tony right, in the there. Air. Yeah. Because no one's sticking around for those credits. Okay, well, I will say, in in fairness, they they had not yet established the post-credit scene as a trope yet. I mean, there's only two movies. But the only time it's happened was at the very end. So, like, if I'm going into that movie, I'm thinking, okay, maybe there's something at the very end. But Mm -hmm. after sitting through that, maybe they're like, eh, 
I'm, oh, I'm I'll catch sure. it. I'll catch it after. <laughs> I'm sure there's an element of do we have the confidence that people are going to sit through, you know, eight minutes of credits here after the preceding how many hours um, of this movie just to see this. Like, I think it'd be worth it, but yeah, I could, I could definitely see the point that maybe they got the finished product with this film. We're like, uh, let's just make it the last scene so we can get people out of there. And to continue the story, because Tony, you know, says, you know, something like, what if I told you I was putting a team together, teasing your Avengers and whatnot. Right. So Mm -hmm. moving that Mm -hmm. all along. Um, or Jenny, you have something else. I, I think I'm good, Scott. Um, <clears throat> I think that this film does not get looked back on fondly, admittedly, because it doesn't have, and it does, it even looks different than. Iron Man did before we not to break the kayfabe and talk about the other 20 something movies. But if you go back to the end and then you look back, this is probably the only one of the movies that doesn't like every Marvel movie has that Marvel movie. Look, this Mm. movie didn't have a Marvel movie. Look, it had a Ed Norton movie. Look, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and that that does kind of cause it to be looked back, not as fondly as but uh, as others. Having said that, um, this is not the worst Marvel movie. Uh, movie, uh, regardless of what anybody else may think, there's I think there's a couple worse than it's this. It's at but, the bottom of my list. Yeah, no, nah, there's there's definitely the no, there's definitely worse than this. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I think that the action scenes were great. I, I I and I it breaks my heart. I have to go to confession. I hate disagreeing with Tim ever on anything, but the 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 first the first battle in the park and everything. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. I think busy is good. That's what battles are. They're chaos. The busier, the better. I say, throw everything in there. I'm fine with it. And I thought the, I thought the fight at the end was not too long. I thought it was perfectly fine. Uh, I thought abomination needed to be bigger because, uh, I know JR hates large creatures for some reason, but that's fine. I think he needed to be larger because he was larger in the book. So he kind of had to keep that going. Um, I think the, the the stink of Ed Norton, both on and off camera, ruins what was actually not a horrendous film, in my opinion. Um, and looking back, uh, the acting cha- uh, change they make is clearly for the better, and I don't disagree with that whatsoever. As a matter of fact, he was he was, that guy was thought of to be in this one. But he was mm-hmm. turned down. Ed Norton got it instead because they wanted some star power. But that's how Marvel thought at the time because you know it was only movie two. Um, but I thought the story was fine. I think it it fit what needed to be fit. It's it's a basic story. I thought Ed Norton was fine being vulnerable because Bruce is vulnerable because he's his unlike the other guys, unlike Iron Man, unlike Cap, unlike he can't control what. His it's not a blessing for him like the rest of them. It's a curse. And any Bruce Banner has to treat it like a curse. So it's not easy to be the guy whose Avenger power you can't control, at least in the beginning. Eventually we get there. And um when you can't when you get it, you still can't control it. So 
I don't think that's very I don't think that's easy to do on the big screen. I think once we get to the ensemble movies, it's kind of like he's kind of used as blunt force object. But I think I... being Bruce Banner and being the Hulk is not the easiest of the Avenger. It, it's not, but there's a more entertaining way to show that than what they've mm. done here. And we I we know this because they do it later. It's just it's just not good enough. Just- well, we know there's a reason why they don't do another one. <laughs> why Hulk didn't get a trilogy like Iron Man got one or whoever. Uh, that fair enough. That's fair enough point. But not, I mean, it, I, it, I it that- isn't easy. He has a great story. They just did not tell it well. It's just not well done. It's, it's not anything against you know the mythos or whatever, and like the point of the Hulk. It's just the way that they've done it here. Was not entertaining at all. Find me where in the comics he's canoodling with Betty in the helicopter before the big fight. <laughs> Probably exists because you know, Marvel Age. We've read some sh- <laughs> shitty ass Hulk comics. I'll just say, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there have been some bad Hulk comics. Yes. Uh, the, it will get better. Um, anyway, I I will say that this film is definitely not horrendous. Just as a film, compare this to no, yeah. Some of the absolute direct, just within the superhero genre, like prior to probably, you know, year 2000, it's leagues better than a lot of that stuff. Um, and I think it was still good enough at a time when superhero movies could get away with being good enough. It's just that Marvel Studios has raised the bar so high now that it kind of pales in comparison to their subsequent efforts. Um, I do think that Marvel caught a little bit of a break timing wise, just releasing this when they did. Uh, Nobody really was paying that close of attention to this movie. Like we said, being sandwiched between Iron Man and Dark Knight and that hot summer. Mm -hmm. So I think it really escaped a lot of, major scrutiny that it otherwise wouldn't have if this had like you know kicked off that that summer movie season i mean i know it's the it's being anticipated as this follow-up to iron man but how many people going in truly knew oh this is part of this bigger wider connected universe now like i don't think general audiences expected to see robert downey jr at the end of this movie definitely not um Mm-mm. All right, so we I think last time we had settled on a five-star rating system, but somebody changed that. Am I right? I changed it mid-flight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to 10. Five can't contain all the feelings that are going on. Okay. Not only did I go to 10, I went to the quarter star. So Oh, good lord. I needed a lot of room. Well, because these are really good, and I was just having a hard time. Like, There's slight differences of where I want to put them. So just doing like four, four and a half. I was gonna have. I didn't want to have a million. Um, I didn't want to have them all at four and a half. You know, <laughs> like, like it's, I wanted to show some level of separation, but I still wanted to reward them for being good. So I did adjust Iron Man one to an eight out of ten. Okay. Uh, this could have stayed on the five scale because I went four out of four. Bret Hart approved four out of ten. Yes. For, uh, incredible. Uh, I'm two out of ten for me. Wow. I hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's I just do. I feel like I 
I should be consulting Chad Campbell how to convert star ratings into numbers. <laughs> I know that he has a way of doing that. I don't quite understand how it works, but I have not asked. So I'm going to kind of wing it here. We'll say Iron Man, which I, I think I had like a four and a half or four and three quarters. It was up there. I will give Iron Man a nine. Uh-huh. I will give Hulk. Um, I'll give it a four. Where are you at, Scott? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think I gave, I'm trying to remember now. I think I gave Iron Man a four or two, so I'll give Iron Man a nine. Uh, I'm going to give this an eight and a half. No, I'm only kidding. Uh, uh, I'm going to give it a... I will I'm gonna, bump no, I'm you off kidding. the I'm call. Not uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not that, uh, I'm not that crazy. Um, that's mean. Um, Sorry. I'll say, ugh, fine, a one. Are you fucking happy? No. Uh, I'll say five and a half. Five and a half. Okay. Um, it's it it has its flaws, of course it does, but um, I think it told the Hulk story properly. I thought the action scenes were awesome, um, uh, and I think that honestly, other than Liv Tyler, uh, other than uh, Ed Norton, I don't think the casting was that big a deal. I don't think there was any problems with the casting, other than Ed Norton. I think he was too cerebral for he tried too hard to be vulnerable. Instead of just being vulnerable. It's like he had to think about being vulnerable. And I'm like, this isn't American History X, dude. It's a fucking superhero movie. Get a grip. You know? Christ fucking sakes. So that's what the problem was. He over he overthought it. And then he tanked the marketing for it because he hated it. Because he's an asshole. Mm. But but everything else about it I thought was perfectly fine. All right, Told we the have, story right. Great action. Didn't we have some other categories that we went through? Um, best character but not the superhero? Was that one of them? I think so. Mm. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'd go with um, Abomination. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, me too. easily. Clean sweep. Worst character? Ugh. Bruce. Everybody else? <laughs> i go with the general. Uh, Geppetto and the pizza shell. Geppetto. Geppetto. Sure. <laughs> yes. Uh. Ugh. <laughs> what was our other category? Seemed like we had one more. Best moment? Uh, when it ended. When Tony Stark was there. Yeah. Uh, Not the helicopter, that's for sure. <laughs> that is a really good serious. scene at the end. I mean, not just because it's at the end. It's just a really good scene, too. Because <laughs> you go, oh, shit. This oh, I'll go. This My favorite moment was uh, Ferrigno getting the pizza and letting him go through. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Yeah, that is a great scene, actually. Nice Good cameo nod. there. Mm-hmm. Fitting. All right. We we all agreed, then. This movie sucked. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Cruel. <clears throat> I mean, we know people who think it's substantially better than a lot of other movies in this series. We do, we do know people. It has its fans. think that, yes. All right, so it our rankings, our rankings, I guess would probably all be the same at this point, right? Iron yes. Man 1. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Just yep. keeping a running tally of that. Um, anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? No, I'm looking forward to the next one though. Yep. What's the next we'll one? Watch it. Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2. It's a good one. Just like um, that already. Yeah, yep. I know, right? 
Let's get, get some plugs in. Me. Scott, anything you want to talk about before we go? Uh... You can, uh, of course, we have a lot of great stuff on the PlayStation Nation Wrestling and Pop feed. Uh, of course, you and uh, JR, you and I, PlayStation Podcast, PlayStation Nation's main event. Uh, Jenny, you and I with the other gems, which hopefully will continue. So WWE doesn't screw that up. We'll see. Um, coming up in, a, I think, in a week and a half, you and I will be on with Andy Atherton. And I don't know who else. Tim, I think you're on, too. Uh, I think so. For his episode, for the next episode of Looking Forward, Looking Back, where we'll look at the... Uh, what is it, the winter uh, movie season and kind of pick and choose on how the winter goes. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty pretty much it. Mm. What about you, Tim? Uh, you and I, Jennifer Smith, also have a show on the Place to Be Nation wrestling feed. It is called Talking WCW, and our most recent episode of that dropped very recently. We looked at the WCW career, all two years of it, of Bret Hart. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That's her incredible Hulk wrestler in WCW. Yep. <laughs> uh, so that was a very fun episode, I thought. Um, do check that out if you're into that sort of thing. On Place to be Nation, pop, uh, Marvel Age, going to be wrapping up our look at the year 1972 in Marvel Comics. That episode, not out yet, but will be coming your way uh, hopefully before the end of the year. And speaking of ending the year off right, Jenny, here on the Jenny position, our show together, Talkin' Pop. So help us, we're going to be doing another holiday-themed episode. Um we're soliciting stories once again. Mm-hmm. So send us your saddest or funniest or most absurd holiday memories. And you can send those. You can you can DM me, slide into my DMs on Twitter. I am at Psyche68CYKE68 on Twitter. If you have any holiday gems to share, we will be reading these on air. Mm-hmm. So we're looking for some some good ones. Justin? Scott mentioned the Place to Be podcast. Uh, a couple new ones coming out here in December. Uh, I think three, actually, as we build to our WrestleMania 6 Wrestling Warzone. I do with Chad. We're doing the Monday Night Wars. Uh, we're closing in on uh, Super Bowl. It actually is our next episode, Super Bowl 96. So that'll be coming out soon. Uh, Jenny, you and I, and John D'Amato on the Extreme Three-Way Dance, our ECW retrospective. That's a lot of fun. And, of course, uh, Body Press Your Luck. Episode 2 should be out probably by the time this drops as well. So be sure to check that out on the wrestling feed. And as for me, you can find me on Twitter at Jenny Position, on Facebook, The Jenny Position. Like the page, um, do a five-star review. No other Mm -hmm. stars Mm -hmm. allowed, five stars only. Um, And coming up, I'll have an episode of Freak Out Drive-In where we watch Black Christmas and um, a new podcast where my friend Bianca, who has never seen a ton of classic movies, live watches Home Alone with me. So um, oh. that was her first watch. She's never seen Home Alone? She's never seen. That's the gimmick of the podcast. It's my God. Bianca's first time. And then we watch all these movies that <laughs> everybody else sees and loves, and she's never seen them. So first up was Home Alone. Fitting for the Christmas season. So, um she was great, and so check that one out. And then I'll have a telling stories coming up soon as well. So I think that's it. 
Thank you for joining us through this journey through infinity. Bye. I'm going to smash this movie. Hulk smash. Get in the helicopter. Ha, 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 ha,